Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Vacationing this past week in Barbados because the Boilermakers have had a lengthy time off since their last win. Voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So how was the Caribbean? Nice? Well, it felt like Barbados here in Zionsville on Monday. <laughs> I bet it did. Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, we're like 70 degrees, so that's about as close to Barbados as I got. But thank you for the... That was a, that was a good little uh, good little fib. I should have played along. You should have. You just said, "Yeah, you know, I just got back." While well, painter last night evidently was in Princeton, I uh, was uh, in the Caribbean. So, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I started my career in Mount Carmel, Illinois, which, as you know, is just yes. on the other side of other side of the river from Princeton. So, I spent a lot of time at the Princeton Taco Bell back then because uh, Mount Carmel didn't have a Taco Bell, and I always was very fond of Taco Bell. So I've been to Princeton many a time. Many let, a time. let me tell you something about Princeton. 1984, the Green County All-Stars of baseball. Uh, Babe Ruth wise, we are in a tournament down there, and we spent the weekend at the Princeton Holodome, which was right on top of the hill from where we played in all the fields. And it may have been one of the greatest weekends of my life at the <laughs> Princeton Holodome. I didn't. Uh, I don't remember Princeton having a holodome. That may have been gone by the time I was living. <laughs> it, it may have been gone after that weekend, is what we're saying here. <laughs> yes, right, right. <laughs> it was literally one of the greatest weekends of all. Just you've got what from across Greene County, you've got probably fifteen plus fourteen year olds running all over the place all weekend long. It was glorious. So were you playing like the who like the Vigo County All Star? We um we played oh uh, was it a we played a Tell City team that we beat. One of the teams had Scott Bennell on it. Remember he was the place kicker at IU for a number of years. I remember that name, sure, yeah. <laughs> and then the Terre Haute team had Ernie Thompson on it. That was Anthony Thompson's younger brother, who was you know, played in the NFL, most notably for the Rams. Played at IU too. Was an incredible athlete. So there were some good teams and some really good individual athletes at that particular tournament. All gathered in Princeton, Indiana, yes. for one glorious weekend. Love me some Princeton, Indiana, right there. So, uh, we did, did this uh, mini break, if you will, during the season come at a good time for the Boilers? Uh, you know, I think the whole month of February has actually been a pretty good month from a uh, from a scheduling standpoint, John. We, you know, Purdue went. Uh, I think Purdue's first game back after the Christmas break was December 29th, I think. And Purdue played nonstop through the end of January, meaning weekend game, midweek game. They, they didn't have the bye built into their Big Ten schedule for the entire month of January. Uh, but the good news in February is where, where Purdue got both of its bye weeks. So Purdue's actually here in the month of February, not once but twice, uh, had two full weeks off without games. But Purdue only played six games in the month of February for the entire month. 
so I think just the entire month was actually good for this team to maybe kind of catch his breath a little bit because that January schedule was so hectic. Um, but, uh, you know, you say that, and, and this, uh, this is the last break, and hopefully for a long time, because you hope that once you start on Saturday with Michigan State, you're, you're pretty much going nonstop right through the end of the month of March. So, uh, yeah, I suppose it came at a good time, but really the, the whole month of February was much needed for Purdue because they'd been on a pretty hectic schedule there for a while. He is uh, Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline at 17 and 11 overall, which obviously by Spartan standards in basketball would be a uh, underachieving squad. How do you size up what Tom Izzo brings to the table on Saturday? Yeah, crazy to think that these guys were preseason top five. If you remember, they were, I think, number four, I think, in the AP poll to start the season. I think they were four. Uh, maybe five, but certainly top five. And yeah, the fact that they just have not, uh, haven't lived up to expectations. You know, the one thing is I'm just kind of looking at some of their stuff over the last couple of days. Their guard play has been very good. I mean, Tyson Walker has been 18 points a game, shooting 37% from three. Hogard is, he's, he's shooting almost 40% from three in the Big Ten games at 11 points a game there. Jake Nakins has been good for him. Their backcourt's been good. It's just, they've, They've just been so inconsistent in the front court. This is where it's gotten gotten them in trouble. Um, So that, to me, is probably what, again, I'm not close to their program. I just watch it on television like anyone else. But it just appears to me that that is where they've they've come up short this season is their inability to to be good in the post. I mean, the most amazing stat that I've kind of gathered on them here in the last couple days is the fact that that they're, they're minus one rebound margin. Uh, per game for the season. Think about that. When's the last time Michigan State was ever, ever in the negative category for rebound margin? They typically have been not only the best rebounding team in the Big Ten, I can remember, I don't know, three, four years ago, they were the number one rebounding team in the nation in rebound margin. That's always kind of where they have hung their hat is defense and rebounding, and here they are this year with a negative number uh, when it comes to rebounding. So, it uh, just, again, probably am- amplifies the fact that they just haven't been as good in the front court as they uh, as they probably hoped they were going to be. But, again, back, you know, if it's a guards game, uh, then Michigan State's always going to be in pretty good shape in every game because their guard play is still really good. So Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilers. Are we seeing Cam Heidi step up? And and really, I, I don't know. I use this way too much. I normally use it with professional athletes where the game slows down. But I thought maybe with Heidi, this could apply there. Are we seeing it slow down for him and he become more comfortable, thus more productive moving forward in, in what Matt Painter wants him to do, be, to be on the floor? You know, maybe that. But I would also say that just the fact that he's getting a little bit more opportunity uh, and is seizing the seizing that advantage. Uh, Payton, Coach Painter talked about this even after that great game he had when he had uh, 18 points against Rutgers there last week. The fact that Cam's problem is not really his problem; it, it, it's the problem of the other players that surround him, and that he just doesn't have a lot of playing time to be found. You know, he'll come in a game and play say three minutes in the first half, and then he might not get in the second half. Um, so he just doesn't have a lot of opportunities and. You know, he did get that opportunity against Rutgers because of foul trouble and some other things, and he certainly took full advantage. So, I, now look, obviously the older you get, the more you play, the game slows down for you, I think. And, yes, you, you do become more comfortable. But, um, you know, he, he was okay, not great against Michigan the very next game. 
so typical freshman, right, up and down a little bit. But I do think the fact that he's just getting a little bit more playing time, a little bit more consistency and knowing, you know, how many minutes he's going to get off the bench, whether it be first half or now second half, it just playing to his his favor. And, look, he is uber athletic. I think the fans that have watched him, I mean, he's he's his own human highlight reel. (laughs) He truly does play above the rim. And he's a very good shooter. Um, And, you know, the coaches are trying to tell us that for – uh, for the last two years, what a good shooter he is. He, John, he's shooting 58% from three in the Big Ten games. 58% in, in Big Ten games from three. Um, so he's really, really athletic, and he obviously can shoot the ball. Now it's just a matter of can he hold up, you know, uh, his end of the bargain on the defensive end, uh, and can he not turn the ball over? Because of we, as we've seen with, with Matt Painter over the years, if you can guard and you don't turn the ball over, uh, you probably get to play a lot more than the other guys. So, but, yeah, been really been fun to watch his maturation. And, uh, look, Purdue can certainly use the extra boost off the bench, especially as you're making your run into March here. Hey, Robin, we send teams go after Fletcher Lawyer on that defensive end, yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. of which. Yeah, I think – yeah, and uh, for those that watch closely, you saw it. The first time you really saw it was with Wisconsin. Uh, that first game in February, I think it was February 4th, was maybe the day where Wisconsin just literally uh, decided – that, that you're not going to touch the ball. Uh, that, that's the way they guarded Fletcher. If you watch that game closely, uh, they, just, they just covered him like a blanket no matter where he was on the floor. Uh, help side defense be damned. If you're guarding Fletcher Lawyer, you're going to guard Fletcher Lawyer and you're not going to let him touch it. And if he does touch it, you're going to run him off the three-point line. And that was a pretty effective, uh, pretty effective defensive game plan in that game. And in the Big Ten, like most leagues, it's a copycat league. So now everyone in the Big Ten uh, this month of February has done the exact same thing to Fletcher. Uh, they, they've taken the Wisconsin blueprint, and that's what they have done. They have just chosen to guard him everywhere uh, he goes and not allow him to touch the ball. And if he does, uh, you're not going to let him shoot a three-point shot. So his uh, his scoring numbers have gone down, but really, John, his shot attempts have gone down just because they, that's the way they're guarding him now. The good news, luckily, for Fletch, and I heard Coach Painter talk about this the other day, the good news is Fletch has not tried to force, force the issue. He's just kind of understood the way this is going, uh, and now he needs to be more of a facilitator and a passer, and quite frankly, more of a, um, uh, more of a, uh, a guy that's, uh, that's going to serve as a, as a guy that's, uh, uh, what did I, I'm trying to think of the exact phrasing that uses, a sacrificial cut. Uh, the guy that makes a, a sacrificial cut, knowing that you're not going to be the guy that gets the ball, but your cut gets someone else open uh, because the defense is paying so much attention to you. Uh, so that's really what he's become, more of a decoy than anything in this month of February. And, again, if you just looked at the individual numbers, you would say Fletcher's not having a great February. The fact of the matter is teams are just guarding him differently, so his role has changed. And on top of that, you, you played six games in February with this new kind of defensive strategy on Fletcher and produced five and one in those six games. So <laughs> it, uh, I understand that, you know, that's a, that's a different wrinkle to throw at Purdue, but it hasn't really been that effective if you went five and one over a six-game stretch where teams are trying this new defensive uh, strategy with you. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a painter term to me, too. That's well done. Out of you, yeah, exactly. yeah. I was trying. I, I sorry. I sorry. Stumbled there. I couldn't think of it. He always calls that the sacrificial cut. You make that hard <laughs> cut, knowing that you're not going to ever see the ball, but because you're a threat to score, when you sure. cut, all the defense chases you, and that leaves a teammate wide open for for a shot. 
Rob Blackman of the Boilermaker Radio Network. Before I let you go, is Edie going to go back-to-back National Player of the Year? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do not have a vote, but I – even if the wheels just completely came off here in the last three regular season games of the year, I still think he's a lock. I don't. Uh, now look, I watched Dalton Connect play last night for Tennessee. And I was thinking, you go for a forty-two well, or yeah. something last night. Yeah, yeah. he was unguardable, and I'm thinking, well, I'd put him in the conversation. Um, he was. I can't. When we played them in Honolulu, he was not. Now he was good, but he was not that good. Not as good as he was last night. Oh my God, was he uh, unbelievably good? Uh, but yes, I don't. I mean. Uh, he's he's dominating in every metric you can possibly uh, come up with, and I know they have those. Uh, I don't know what they call the Ken Palm individual player ratings or whatever, and he is like miles ahead of anyone else in that on that list for player of the year. So, uh, yeah, I, I quite frankly, John, I think the only question left to be answered now for Zach is can he catch Rick Mount for the all-time leading scorer in the history of the school? I, I, I think everything else is a foregone conclusion, except for that. That's the only thing I think we're still keeping an eye on. But to answer your question specifically, uh, yes, I do think he's going to be the national player of the year again. How many points is he away from Mount? Uh, so Mount's at three, uh, 2,323. Let's see, Zach is, I have to think for a second, at 2,197. So what is that? He's a hundred and. 26 away is that right yeah 126 uh so it is uh from that's from tying uh so look it's 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 doable especially i mean if he keeps having 35 point games like he get it in, did against michigan it's going to come rather quickly um but yeah i and it's crazy john i don't, I don't might have been your show i don't know who i was talking to way back when the season began and the question was given to me do you think zach could catch rick mount and I said no. I, I don't. I just think that number's out of reach. Um, but uh, I mean, it looks like I'm going to turn out to be uh, rather incorrect on that statement because he certainly has him. He certainly has him close enough to reel him in. That's for sure. What kind of senior day are they going to have for him on the tenth? Oh, him and uh, them, I should I, say. But what? 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 what um, yeah, I, I what don't do we know expect? that it's going to. I don't know that it'll be much different than we've ever done. Um, maybe they'll do. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess I haven't really heard. Uh, I haven't even be, thought about it until just now. Yeah, I don't know why why the format would be any different unless yeah, – I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, well, I, and I should clarify, and I think everyone already knew this, but this is definitely Zach's senior year. He is yeah. not coming back. There right. is no COVID year. There's no, there's no, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Nope, nope, uh, he's gone. So – he will take part of in senior day. The problem with senior day, and this is me being selfish, we have six seniors, and those speeches, you know, can get rather lengthy. So it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long day. Well, day. Yeah, yeah, that will be, uh, in fact, and that's what is that? A, that's a twelve thirty start against Wisconsin on the tenth, right? right? On that's Sunday. that's yeah, it. So yeah, that'll be. You might and, be and there till about six o'clock. Yeah, yeah, because Purdue always does senior day stuff after the game. Uh, and lets all the seniors then have the microphone to speak if they would like. So yeah, it's a uh, yeah. The game will start at twelve thirty, and we'll walk out of Mackey Arena like six thirty, probably that, that and, night. And let's recognize this: regardless of what Wisconsin has been recently, and certainly been on the road, you, Illinois uh, offensively was out of this world last night. Michigan State disappointing, but it's Michigan State. This uh, trifecta here down the stretch of the regular season is is nothing to completely look over here. 
Yeah, going to be difficult. I mean, look, Purdue's magic number is one. All they have to do is win one game of these three in your Big Ten champions, um, back-to-back Big Ten regular season champs. But I would also say, kind of what you're alluding to, none of the three are going to be gimmies. You think about Michigan State coming into town, you know, they're on a two-game losing streak. They lost two home games back-to-back. Uh, and like Purdue, they've had this entire week off. Michigan State didn't have a midweek game. So they are going to be not only well-rested, uh, but they are going to be on edge, uh, knowing that they're coming in on two lo- coming off of two straight losses. And then Illinois, obviously, yes, that following Tuesday night is going to be extremely difficult. Yes, Purdue beat Illinois the first time, but let us remember – Terrence Shannon Jr. did not play in that game. Right. He had just been suspended right before that Purdue game. So Purdue didn't play Terrence Shannon Jr. the first go-around. Uh, and then, yes, Wisconsin. You know, I, obviously I'm a Wisconsin fan this Saturday because they are hosting uh, Illinois. And if Wisconsin wins, then Purdue's the Big Ten champion uh, regardless of what happens Saturday night. So, But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Those three, uh, look, those three are still the top half of the Big Ten um, with Illinois still having a a puncher's chance at winning the conference. So none of those three will be easy. So Rob Blackman, Boilermaker Radio Network, is uh, back to working again coming up on Saturday. Congratulations. Ah, yes. Vacation over. Oh, well. They're going to miss you in Zionsville for an afternoon. (laughs) You know, most people don't take their vacation in February, but I guess I had no no choice. Do you live on the Zionsville side or the Whitestown side? Oh, Zionsville. No, I'm right. I'm right. Right downtown. Right they, in. The, right in the village. Are they still battling over Whitestown and Zionsville? That line up there. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't mess with that. Like I said, oh, I, live I right was. I, I was curious because I was up at that Buffalo Wild Wings once, and I kept calling it Zionsville, and somebody said it was Whitestown, and then everybody got pissy. Yes, I could see that. (laughs) I go, wait a minute. Where am I? It's kind of like when I used to go to Britain Tavern, and uh, is it Fishers or is it Noblesville? And then one side or the other gets pissy about that. Hey, man, I don't know. Don't I don't mess with it. I just stay in my lane. Brother. You do it, man. Good to hear from you. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot leading into the end of the regular season, Big Ten Conference Tournament and the NCAA Tournament. You guys need a little bit of help on my Sycamore, our Sycamores, because we got to have a couple of teams representing the state of Indiana in there. I uh, two things on that. I love Indiana State. Yes, you do. And I do not. And I do not want to see them in the NCAA tournament because they are a dangerous team, especially offensively. Man, dangerous indeed. That's our Sycamores. Even though you were at Evansville, and that's who they beat last night. So yes. Oh, I saw. I saw, trust me. I saw. <laughs> All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Okay, John. See you. Bye. Rob Blackman, Boilermaker Radio Network. Back to that in a second. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Having good times in the TH. Coming off a win last night down in Evansville. Um, my Sycamores, or our Sycamores, a share at least right now of the Missouri Valley Conference regular season crown going for it all-encompassing on Sunday against Murray State. Their head coach, Josh Schertz, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, Josh, thank you for the time. How are you? Hey, appreciate you having me on again, JMD. Uh, awesome. It's, uh, you know, coming, uh, you know, big night last night, but certainly, uh, like I told the guys, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't celebrate it last night. We want to, we want to, you know, we got a lot of work to do, but, uh, we want to try to have a, a hell of a party here in Terre Haute on Sunday. If we can, 
you know, prepare well and, and uh, handle our business. Yeah, I certainly. I s- certainly want to be a part of that, too. I, I, I'm curious how you handle this, Josh, because you've got layers and goals that you reach and, you know, you pump your fist and you're really happy. And I'm assuming one of those last night, just to be a part of the top spot in the Mo Valley regular season is something incredibly special. But how do you how do you manage that? Because you got to move on to the next game and then you got to move on to another game after that. How do you manage it? Yeah, it's probably one of the the great challenges, right? I think coaching, um, you know, so much of it is is psyche, right, and, and mentality, and getting guys in the proper frame of mind. Because, um, you know, as you said, uh, you, you have these, you know, these great moments. And uh, last night was a great moment, right? Like Indiana State, that's the third. I mean, whatever happens on Sunday, you know, we're going to be, uh, you know, at worst to share the regular season championship. So third Missouri Valley championship in 53 years, right? So, I mean, that's a tremendous thing. But like you said, um, there's a big part of, you know, don't let your last great accomplishment be your last great accomplishment, right? So, you know, can you reset your focus? Do you understand that, you know, as long as there's season to play, uh, that your best moment should be ahead of you, not behind you? And we have season to play. And certainly, uh, you know, as, as, as cool, I said this going back to when we, we had the back-to-back weekends where we, you know, we, we the, the Bradley game, the Drake game, like those were great moments to sell out and the crowd and the celebrations, but that our best moments were in front of us. And then, you know, and, and then we stumbled a little bit. And now last night was a great moment to know that you, you've done that. Sunday has a chance to be our best moment so far of the season, right, if, if, if it all goes the way we hope. And we have to go out and, and can't assume anything. Like we're playing a – a really good team to play really well, but it's, it's getting the guys in that proper mentality, understanding, um, you know, what's at stake. And then uh, we're playing for a lot, an outright uh, Missouri Valley title. Certainly we have the, the stuff as it relates to, you know, the, the automatics. But, you know, like we talk about a lot is, is all that all that outside noise we have to focus on is, is our, our preparation piece uh, our learning piece of each competition. And then you stay, you stay locked into your standards. We talk about this all the time. Like, you know, our standards are what got us here. And so that for us, we have championship standards in terms of our practices and preparation piece. And then it's always a relentless competitive effort inside the lines. It's elite detail. Um, and then, and then you're trying to make sure you have ultimate connectivity offensively, defensively in the bench. And we feel like if we stay connected to the standards processes, and principles of what we've gotten us here that'll allow us to, to continue to play with all the, I guess, you know, extra noise and all the, all the, the consequences of each and every game, not just here, but moving forward. It's a Josh Shirts, the head coach of Indiana State, a share of the Missouri Valley Conference title, and they can claim that outright with a game with Murray State coming up on Sunday. I want to talk about that in a second, but your game last night, I was at the Pacer game and keeping track of your game in Evansville. You guys win, and that was probably an hour plus because Drake and UIC was going through three overtimes um, as I was on my way home from Gamebridge Fieldhouse last night. Were you guys keeping updated with that? Yeah, we were. I mean, everybody was kind of feeding me scores. I thought, uh, looked like, I, I can't remember if it was the first overtime, looked like when I when I left to go do uh, press, it was like, it was in the regulation. Yep. And, and then, you know, and then UIC came back and they led in overtime, had some chances. But, you know, I've, and I told the team this, like, you know, I always think it's, and I know, I know why, of course, people do it. But, you know, to me, it's always bad karma to root, you know, like, I just try to like, at the end of the day, we control our own destiny. You know what I mean? Like, we got to yes. focus on on so I knew the score and then I watched the end of it and certainly 
Um, you know, you know, Drake did what Drake does, which championship teams do. They found a way through in three overtimes, and and uh, they, they, you know, they're just, you know, you got to kind of like Freddy Krueger, you got to, you know, hard to kill. So, uh, uh, you know, but but uh, you know, you you focus on the things you can control. So I try not to. I know I know it, it's easy to say and hard to do, but I try never to get in and be like, oh man, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm rooting for this team, or I want this to happen. This like to me, if you go handle your business you don't have to worry about all that stuff and you don't spend, you know, we don't want to back into anything anyway, because the reality is if Drake had lost last night, we'd still feel the same way about Sunday. Cause I told the team this in the locker room, like, you know, we didn't celebrate last night. And, and to me, it would be super lame. You know, if we, if we had won the, to lose Sunday and have won the title and then cut the nets, whether that's outright or shared, like, you know, we wouldn't do that. Right. So, you know, we got to handle our business Sunday to have the kind of party we want to have. And like I said, there's the alternative of, hey, we, we do have, you know, we're 28 in the net right now. You know, we want to certainly position ourselves as well as we can to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and But with the goal that, hey, we want to, you know, win the whole thing in St. Louis because at the end of the day, that gives us a chance to have the best seed possible in the tournament. There's no doubt about that. Josh Short's the head coach of Indiana State. I'm assuming there's probably some instruction in this, too, because near the bottom you would find UIC, and as we talked about, near the top was Drake, and as you go to St. Louis after this Sunday, there's some instruction there saying, hey, listen, you may come up against a team that hasn't had a great regular season, but anybody in this league can get your ass whenever we play in St. Louis. That's the way that it is. That is a hundred percent the way it is. This league, um, the, the you know, it's 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 just crazy how people you know don't see it as it is. I guess we have we're one of I think the only league maybe uh, in the country outside the 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 autonomous six that um, has just one team outside the top two hundred. For us, that's Balpo. Everybody else is in the top half of Division One uh, in the net. I mean, it's 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 a league where. You know, top to bottom. I mean, you know, you go into Evansville and people go, oh, you know, Evansville's 10th. And, you know, Evansville beat Bradley at Evansville. Evansville, Drake hit a half-court shot to beat Evansville at Evansville. You know what I mean? Without that, they, they beat them both. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I think you know, UIC, I mean, you know, that's a, that, that's a good basketball team. They were really, they were 8-4 and four in the non-league portion of their schedule and, and, um, and lost a ton of close games. So, th- this league, I mean, like, if you go into the tournament and um, – you know, we're the one seed and, and you're likely to play, uh, you know, I think the way it shakes out, it, it's not done, but it's likely to be either Murray State or Missouri State. And you say, okay, well, Missouri State, well, Missouri State went in this St. Mary's and beat them, you know, and they're a top 15 team, right? Like, you know, uh, they went in on the road and got them. You know, Murray State is, is, is a really good team as well, has some huge wins. And, and so, like, both those teams are, are, are really good basketball teams. You can't in this league take anything for granted. You have to, you know, show up. And that's the great thing about competitive sports is, you know, everybody, you know, speculates and, you know, it's on paper and this should happen, that should happen. But when you get out there between the lines, you know, all that stuff goes out the window. You got you to gotta earn it in the arena, on the floor, in between the four lines. And, you know, all those things kind of kind of get cast aside, and you saw it in this league. Uh, like you said, anybody, you know, you can get anybody, but anybody can get you, and I feel that way about our team, and I think pretty much everybody up and down feels like they're going to St. Louis with at least a puncher's chance of getting the job done. There's no doubt about that. Josh Schertz joins us. You mentioned that bump in the road a couple of weeks back. Um, what do you equate that to um, as far as, you know, Illinois State yeah. and then Southern Illinois and Carbondale, it's ridiculously tough. And, and Illinois yeah. State has had really good moments where they played at a much higher level. But what do you equate it to in terms of how your team played? 
Uh, I think, you know, a little bit of, of just human nature, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to quantify, like, but, but you've been around sports enough to know, like, you know, you just hit patches of seasons where, where you're just not as good, you know, whatever reason, um, you know, the energy's not there, the focus level dips. And I felt like towards the back end of our nine game winning streak, which was what butted up against the two game losing streak was that our, our standards were slipping, right? That's why I think you got to have principles and values and standards of how you run your program. And I think, you know, I, I think there's a big difference between a winning culture and a culture where you can win the winning culture. Uh, you're a weather vane for results, right? You know, you win, you go to practice, everybody's up, coaches are pumped, we're watching film, you know, music's going, everybody's, you know, uh, together, connected. But if you lose, you know, all that's out the window, right? And that, to me, is a winning culture. You're just a weather vane for results. In a culture where you can win, which is what you should try to establish, in my opinion, doesn't mean it's right, is you have, you have standards, principles, you know, processes inside of the organization that act as anchors as you go through the ups and downs of a season that allow you, while the, while the sky is falling or, you know, you're the greatest, to kind of keep you moored to, to what's real and, and, and you're able to talk to it about because it, it, it supersedes results, right? And sometimes you can play to a standard and, and hit everything and you lose. You don't control outcomes. And sometimes you can win and not come close to playing to your standards. So I think, you know, that I thought our standards were slipping a little bit. I thought our process in terms of our practice preparation piece was slipping a little bit. And then, you know, Illinois State came in and combination of things. First thing was they were outstanding. They played great. I think starting with that game, They've won five out of six now, right? And and so they've played really good basketball here down the stretch. They they were they were better, you know, outplayed us, outcoached us, out everything us. Um, but you know, I, I Jason Kent getting hurt, yeah, um, early in that game, you know, knocked out one of our best players, um, and, and and we were just we we all the stuff that we had kind of been building, it just kind of bubbled in the, over the surface, and we didn't compete. The game at Southern Illinois. You know, we didn't have Jason Ken either. Isaiah Swope, you know, but before we, you know, he's dealing with a couple of different things. He, you know, uh, one was less significant in December. This, you know, the last few weeks before the Southern Illinois game, um, his knee was feeling worse. They were trying to do some different stuff. Turned out he had a, a more severe injury to that knee. And so a second thing that will require surgery. So he was kind of a shell of himself. And we went to the Carbondale and we led that game in the final minute. And I thought our compete level was where it needed to be, our standard in terms of, you know, that relentless competitive effort and, 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 and the detail of the game was good. We just turned it over 16 times, uh, you know, and gave them 16 points off that. And, you know, we had a layup that I've never seen before with 30-some seconds to go that we had a wide-open layup, and the ball got stuck on the neck of the rim, and, uh, and <laughs> which created a dumb ball, and it just, it just stuck there. I've never seen it in 26 years. And, yep. and, and we miss a shot, and they go down, and they win the game. And, again, you know, tough place to play. And, and – uh, but we reset after that. You know, we, we talked about it. I told them, I said, hey, you know, in June we started, if I would have told you two weeks in the regular season left and we controlled our own destiny as it relates to a league championship, would you have signed up for that? It may not have been exactly how we wanted to get here, you know, this, this two-game losing streak. And we, we brought in the nice, which I haven't done before, a little poster board of the regular season trophy. And we had, a, had it blown up, uh, 2024 regular season trophy. And we just brought that with us everywhere. And I just told him, hey, 13, 13 days, four games to win a championship. Would you have signed up for this? And, you know, and try to reset their focus. But I think the blip was just 
you know, that's what happens, you know, in sports. These are human beings. People think they're machines. They're not. You know, you have your good days, your bad days. And sometimes a team in every season, it's inevitable that I've been a part of, you know, you hit this patch where it's like, man, you know, you're just not your best and you got to fight it. And, and, and to our guys' credit, you know, it could have it could have really snowballed, but but they bounced right back. And, you know, competitive greatness to me is being at your best when it when it's, uh, you know, when it matters most. And here down the stretch these last two weeks, our guys are starting to find their best basketball. And that's a, a great sign for what's to come. Uh, Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How is the health of Isaiah right now? You know, it's 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 going to be. Uh, I think it's better than it was because they've they've changed everything from uh, you know the the medicine they're giving him, which he's taking some stuff on game day, which has helped. And at halftime, um, we've been able we've had to modify his practices. He's going to practice, you know, likely once a week max. Um, you know, the sleeve he's wearing on his knee, like everything. The the, the rehab is different because the second injury is different. And, and so as soon as we're done, he's going he's gonna to have surgery. But I'll say this, you know, there was, you know, people were speculating, oh, you know, is he really, you know, why is he struggling? Is he, you know, investing the team? Is he, you know, can't handle the pressure or whatever? And it's like this guy's playing through something that probably, you know, 95% or more of college athletes wouldn't be able to play through. And he's doing it because he loves the team and because, he, he you know, he, he cares so deeply about this. And this was his first championship last night. And he wants to be a part of it, you know, and he's grinding through it. And he had three big threes for us last night in the second half. He looks more like himself. Do I think he'll get back to 100%? There's no shot of that. But can he be good enough at 70% to his gravity and and what he brings to the table better than, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's good enough to help us win. And I think he was a shell of himself those last couple weeks leading into Southern Illinois. And now that we know what we're dealing with, um, I think he's looked better the last two games, even though his numbers don't pop or they weren't what they were. What he's playing through, what he's grinding through is, is, is pretty significant. And, uh, you know, he can't do any further damage. I mean, obviously we wouldn't do that. The orthopedic said, hey, this is, it's a pain tolerance yeah. thing. If he can handle the pain, uh, he, can, he can play through it. And so far so good on, on both accounts. And, you know, and I think if we can get him a little bit, you know, maybe get him to 70% of what he's capable of, you know, that's good enough for us to certainly, you know, get to a level that, that we haven't had uh, probably going back to, you know, uh, you know, late December, early January. Hey, Josh, the other thing that he would have to be dealing with, and this would be tough, you know, even beyond the pain that you're, you're trying to sidestep to play, is the frustration. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what I was doing, um, and I'm yep. still going out there, and I'm still playing, you know, the number of minutes I'm playing, and, you know, this is kind of holding me back a little bit. The frustration, that whole mental aspect of it that has to prey on your mind a great deal that'd be tough yeah it's, it's really tough and i mean he's a guy when he's when he's fully at, at full strength uh you know he's in the conversation for the larry bird player of the year i mean you know it's not just you know rob you can make a case into early january you know he's averaging 20 points a game and uh you know he, he's he's like uh you know he's kind of like a lamborghini you know the the, the smallest you know deal he, he's just because his quickness, ability to stop and start, change directions. I mean, his whole game is that. He, you know, he's five foot ten, so everything for him is obviously his shooting, but it's his quickness and start and stop and all those things that have made him, you know, kind of who he is and one of the best players in the league. So there's there's frustration that he can't do what he was able to do. There's there's you know he doesn't quite have the same pop and burst, and you know he's having to to, to think the game a little more, but. You know, he made some great passes last night. He banged three huge threes in the second half. His defense was terrific. You know, he's 
he's he's doing things and he's he's laying it out there because like I said to him, you know, going back to high school, everything, you know, he's never won a championship till last night. So this is really special for him, meaningful and our guys, I know I know the guys in the locker room like there's a tremendous appreciation for the courage and toughness that he's playing with, but there's no doubt. I mean, he was, you know, before we knew the second injury, like we talked after the Southern Illinois game about 45 minutes before we got on the bus. And I mean, guys in tears, like he's, he's, I mean, he's distraught. He's like, it just doesn't feel right. And he's like, I can't, you know, I can't do the things I can normally do. And, and uh, thankfully we went and got a second, you know, well, really a third MRI and it showed what he's dealing with. And now we can handle that. And, He's kind of been less frustrated because at least he knows why he feels the way he feels, if that makes any sense. The uncertainty for him was the the killer, I think. At least he now knows what he's dealing with. So Josh Church, the head coach of Indiana State, he's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. 35 and 35 last night. That's 35 points in 35 minutes for Robbie. Where would that game rank last night in Evansville, getting that win compared to other individual performance you've, you've seen from your big man this year? Yeah, it's hard to rank them. They're they're just coming. I mean, he's had a couple thirty point games. Um, you know, he's he's he just touches the game in so many ways. The thing you're, you know, with Robbie is that that you know is is so amazing to me is is just his. You know, people you know comp, you know comment all the time say, oh man, you know, it doesn't look like a player or whatever. But you know, like there's physical quickness and mental quickness, and there you know you can compensate for not being the fastest guy by having great mental quickness. And there's whether it's Jokic, Luka Doncic, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that just play at their own speed. His ability to see the game, to analyze the game, and react is at like the top one percent of one percent of players. And he just absolutely sees what's going on the floor. I mean, last night was 35, and and you know I think he had eight rebounds, five assists, and and the 35 only made one three. It was you know it was understanding though. I mean, we saw. I believe five different defenses. I mean, one three one, two three, three two. Um, you know, some some man with some some drop coverage and as well or lateral coverage, and then they switch five. And his ability to understand how he's being guarded, you know, what the solutions are, putting himself in position, and his teammates' ability to get the ball in those spots, I just thought was terrific. And so, um, you know, it, it's up there. I mean, he he's just, you know, there, there, there's, he's had a lot of games now where. I mean, his ability to affect winning and, and, and put his fingerprints in the game. And he does it in a way like, you know, you think 35 points and you think, you know, 24 shots. But, like, he also, you know, he, he made a couple of great passes, has five assists and one turnover. He's a guy as a big man with 100-plus assists at better than two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Like, that's insane. And, uh, you know, and, and, he, and he's, you know, he's shooting, you know, in the mid-50s from the field, over 40 from three, over 80 from the line. Um, he's gotten, he's, he's improved dramatically defensively. So like I say, you know, like everybody's talking about, you know, player of the year and, you know, Tucker DeVries, Xavier Johnson. I don't hear his name probably mentioned a ton. I think there's a lot of respect for him. He's got a lot of social media buzz, but in terms of like, who's going to be Larry Bird player of the year, but you'd have a hard time. Like those two guys are awesome and very much deserving. They're, they're both great players, but I absolutely put Robbie. He's not out of his league. If you put him in there and say, Hey, you know, to me, he's every bit as deserving as those two guys. 
because of the team he plays on what and, and, and what he brings to our team, uh, the value he brings. And no question about that. Josh Hurst, the head coach of Indiana State. It is the regular season finale, a win outright. Missouri Valley Conference title is yours. That's Murray State at the Holman Center coming up on Sunday. I cannot wait to be there. How how special? Obviously, you win. That's what makes it the most special. But how special is this day going to be for you and your team? And really, you know, everybody, all the Sycamore fans over in Terre Haute. Well, just, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the coolest things about coaching is, uh, and I don't know that there's many other jobs, probably playing, obviously playing too, but coaching and playing is is how happy you can make yep. so many people. You know what I mean? It's such a weird, like, yep. there's not many jobs in the world that you can bring so much joy to so many people. Now, there's also not many jobs you can piss people off as much as you can. <laughs> you know, so. So I guess it works both ways, right? Door swings both ways. But, you know, like, I, I just know we've had so many, like, when I started, you know, here three years ago, um, you got this group of diehards. You know what I'm talking about, yep. that. Man, you know, warts and all, good, bad. I mean, they're there. They bleed blue to their core. And those those people, you know, those are the ones having the mind, body, soul experience, you know, with, with what this group is doing because – you know, they're just their investment is so deep and, and, and their love for Indiana State and Indiana State basketball is so deep that they're really feeling it. And that's the best there is in sports. Um, I think for our guys, you know, you're going to be playing in front of a sold out crowd, televised game with a chance to, to, like you said, clinch an outright championship. Like, you know, there's nothing better. Uh, you don't ever feel more alive than you do. And, and, you know, in these type of deals and, uh, and there's nothing better than playing for the highest of stakes in late February and certainly in the March. You know, March is, you know, I, I, we, we talked about this, like, you know, no matter what happens from here on out, and I told the guys this in the locker room, like, it's been a great season. We can lose uh, Sunday, lose first round St. Louis, lose in the NIT first round. It's a great season. But the caveat is it can't be a special season unless you perform in the postseason, right? Like, and that's what makes a season special. And so um, Purdue had a great year last year, right? I don't know that they would say it was special. You know, their regular season was a thousand times better than UConn who lost five out of six in January and was a four seed. But everybody remembers how stories end. And so, um, you know, that's the, that's the focus moving forward. It's going to be a, a packed house. We got to prepare well, go out and play well against a really good team. And if we do that, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a night in Terre Haute and the Sycamore faithful that have come out and sold that place out. And have, you know, I mean, on the road, I mean, you probably saw pictures like, yes, we had, we had, a, I mean, our, our, our road games have turned into quasi home games and, and that's just like how much the, you know, the fans have embraced and wrapped our arms around our guys and, that's special because that doesn't happen everywhere. That's not a, Hey, everywhere in the country that this is the norm. Like our guys know, and our staff knows like, you know, how lucky we are to to play here, coach here, be a part of, of this place. You, um, I guess I probably could ask you this maybe next week or or whenever. Do, Do you feel with your net ranking and what you've done body of work wise, your team's deserving of an at large? I really do. I mean, I, I think you, you know, I mean, obviously we got work to do. I mean, I think there's, you know, people are going to say, well, they only have one quad one win and that that's true. I think we have four uh, quad two wins. So we have five between the two quads. You know, I would counter back and say, we've lost two games all year. We've been full strength, right? Like Avila didn't play against Alabama. Yeah. 
uh, Jason Kent, you know, Illinois State and, and Southern Illinois. So, you know, at, at full strength, we've lost two games all season. You know, I think we've won, uh, you know, 13 or 14 games away from home. You know, it's not like we played in, in our nets in the top 30. I think we're 28 today. Um, you know, it, it would be, I, I think we're, we're, we're plenty deserving uh, of being in the, the body of work. But I also know, you know, Sunday's huge and Friday's huge and probably Saturday's huge. And I think if, if we win those and get to Sunday, I mean, I don't see how we're not in the top 25 in the net. And uh, I, I don't see how we're, you know, regardless result left out. But like we always say, you know, I mean, you know, let, let's not leave it in their hands, right? Let's, let's, uh, let, let's go to St. Louis and, and, and win it. So there is no doubt uh, about where we are. But I, I think the Valley, you're talking about the ninth-ranked league in the country out of 32 um, with three teams in the top 60 in the net. Uh, again, 11 out of 12 in the top, you know, top 200. Uh, how does that, how is that not a multi-bid league? Like, I, I mean, I guess we'll see, but I, I definitely think it is. And I think our body of work, when you look at the totality, um, is, is deserving of an at-large if we, if we did come up short on, on Saturday or Sunday. I would say here, uh, win it to be in it. Um, and here's why, because this is just me. I, I've never been trusting really only one committee in my life I've ever trusted. So I don't want to ever put anything in the hands of committees. So I would win it to be in it. That's just been yeah, what I've said around here. So yeah. absolutely. And I think the, you know, that's the, that's the goal. I mean, and, and, you know, you, 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 you go in and you approach it that way. Like, you know, you got to, just like when we, you know, one of these last four, we didn't expect Drake to lose one. You know, it was, hey, we got to take care of our business. I mean, never rely on other people. You know, take care of your stuff yourself. Control what you can. Put everything you have into it. And ultimately, you know, if we get through and we're able to win in St. Louis, then, you know, all the work we've done should get us as good a seat as possible. But as you know, with these committees, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not uh, – even though that's the uh, – what makes the tournament the tournament that's the madness in March is the ability for the, you know, it doesn't happen in football, right? It's the ability for the, the mid major or the low major to go and challenge the, the, the big fish. Right. And that's the kind of the, the what makes it the romanticism of, of the tournament. Um, it's getting skewed more towards, Hey, let's just, you know, let, let's reward all the, you know, the, the power fives autonomous six and, and then kind of let everybody else fight for scraps. And, but, I don't know that there's a mid-major in better position than us to be in the tournament if, if, if we didn't. But, again, let's take care of our own business, and then we don't have to worry about it. Can't wait to see you over there on Sunday. We're going, so we're going to check it out. Well, I look forward to it. Look forward to, to getting a chance to, to hang out and, and uh, have you there. And, and uh, we're going to lock in, prepare these next couple of days. Got a real big challenge in Murray State. They're a good basketball team. They let us most away uh, in Murray uh, down there the first time we played. So, um, Steve and his guys will be ready to go, but uh, I have great faith in our guys that, that we'll prepare really well and, and put our best foot forward on uh, on Sunday. But look forward to hopefully uh, having a, a one of those historic uh, days that'll be talked about around here for a long yes. time, much like the you know the 2000 when Bradley was here, and certainly the whole run of that 79 team get a chance to 
you know, create our own chapter uh, in this program's history. You guys went on Sunday. I'll bring my DJ equipment. We'll go down to Ethan Crawford and I'll throw another Rager like you did back in 1992. All right? We'll That's do that. fine. Am I, am I, I'm all for the Rager. The game's at four. We should be at by seven. As long as it's over by nine, I'm good. I, I can't really stay up. Till ten, so the rager like seven to nine is yes. a great window for me. That's a, that's our middle our middle age rager is what I'm throwing. <laughs> Everybody's done before ten. It's perfect. Nothing better than a middle age rager down on, on uh, Crawford. That, that 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 closes by uh, nine o'clock at night. That's I'll perfect. be I'll be ready for. It. I can't wait to see it. Congratulations on on the work and obviously so far you know what you've done the Missouri Valley and uh, here's to clinching that thing coming up on Sunday, Josh. We'll see you over there at the Holman Center. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you for everything you've done all year to promote us and, and, and give us a platform spotlight. Nobody better, and can't wait to see you Sunday. Let's get it going. Josh, thank you. Appreciate you, JB. Thanks. Uh, Josh Church, the head coach of Indiana State on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Greg Rakestraw and I are on the road to the TH coming up on Sunday. Cannot wait. They win against Murray State. They win the Mo Valley outright. Awesome. Quick break, and we shall return at 239-1070. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Combine conversation and more. Hey, don't go anywhere. 93.5107 by the fan. Hey, welcome back in studio. A special guest is joining us now with a special project as well. You know, you'll know his voice. You certainly know him on the football field. He's the Colts tight end, Kylan Granson, with us in studio this afternoon. Kylan, thank you for the time. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yourself? Yeah, I feel good. I'm going to go ahead and give you a lot of credit because you're here today is a reason why I don't have to be at the Combine on Radio Row. So thank you very much. No problem, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put and give you all that credit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate, <laughs> uh, that. appreciate that. Now, you were not a part of the Combine, no, right, sir. going through it. What happened? I, refresh my memory on what went down with that. Well, there was this thing called COVID-19. Yes. So they uh, shut it down for my year, and so they just did – they stuck to the pro days, and so all the scouts came out to watch all our local pro days. So I just did my pro day at SMU. Um, but I got all the gear for it. So, I mean. You, you still have the combine gear? Yeah. I, they sent me a duffel bag. <laughs> so, I've got, like, the combine authentic gear. But I didn't have to do any, you know, I didn't have to do the 40 and all that on TV and all that. So. Do you still rock the gear at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah. I absolutely. rock free gear all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, well, it's, it's got, like, a badge. It says combine authentic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you can't, you can't me, buy this, bud. <laughs> do you ever think about how you would have performed compared to others in your class at the combine? Ah. Uh, man sometimes yeah but you would still kick its ass though dude i mean absolutely but i would have been so (laughs) anxious i don't know if i've been able to sleep the night before like the the night the night before my pro day i i slept i finally fell asleep at like two in the morning and i had to get up early but i was just wired because i was like all right the rest of my life starts (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) did they have that pretty well scripted for you too yeah yeah it was it was great they uh they did me right. Uh, Shane, he did me right, too. Uh, uh, they had, like, uh, his quarterback coach scripted yeah. everything out, routes-wise and all that. So once we were done with the drills and all that, smooth, easy, a really intense routes-on-air <laughs> session. <laughs> but, I mean, I was gassed afterwards. I couldn't even imagine what the combine's like. So did you did you, did you you feel the same? Because I'm assuming you probably rehearsed this, practiced this over and over again and got it perfect. Did you get overtaken by any nerves when you knew that, hey, now it's actually time to perform? Here's the big show now. Did you have any nerves in it? No, no, no. Because we, I mean, like you said, I, I got up there a week early 
uh, and we rehearsed for like three days, like going through yeah. the routes, running them, what we were going to do. Um, and yeah, by then I was like, I felt comfortable. Plus I played with Shane for the past year or so. Yeah. So like I knew he was a good quarterback. I knew how he threw the ball and knew what to expect. So I was more than confident going into it. But I mean, just even like still, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> what if, you know, yeah. what if suddenly starts throwing different, you know? <laughs> he is uh Colin Granson in studio with us today here. We thank him very much. We'll get to your, your project. I want you to talk a lot about that because it is a great deal, but uh, I do also want you to look back on this past season, um, put in the books. How long does it take you to get over a season? 24 hour. No. Um, oh, I'd, that'd be good though. Yeah. It would be, be awesome good. if that's yeah. how it worked. Um, once the football season is over, and I think once the Super Bowl is over, because then like football goes away for a while, right? And like I don't see it as much because like every time I see like you know the ads, I'm just like God, that could have been us, or, you know. So, did I, you watch the postseason? Did you watch the Texans play in the postseason? I watched a little bit of the Texans, and I watched a little bit of the Chiefs, of course. Um, does it burn? It does. <laughs> There's no way that it doesn't. How Absolutely. can it not? If you're a competitor, it burns. Oh, we could have been, you know, what could have been, could have been beautiful. Like, I think we could have really taken that opportunity and ran with it. But, you know, so, someone had a, a different plan for us. Now, you know? we all kind of view it, Kylan, as it, you know, coming down to, you know, final play against Houston, final week of the regular season. Uh, and that's easy to do, but where else along the way did you think, all right, had this gone a different direction here or there, a different play here or there, then we could have won the division. Any game stand out to you? Any moment stand out to you? Cleveland. Uh, I didn't even really play in that one, but I watched it. Yeah. I, I was concussed that week, but I watched it. And, you know, I can't agree with the call. <laughs> you know, cost us the game. Um, but, I mean, there were some games that were definitely on us as well, like, we didn't play well some games and like it really showed um we always have like a, a tendency to s- start out slow for whatever reason i don't know every year <laughs> i've been here we start a little slow yeah and then we pick up speed that's we... before you got here too Is it? i mean okay. really that goes back it goes back to the manning era when they got off to quick starts but that has yeah for some reason that's been the case around here even prior to you yeah okay oh, that makes me feel bad. yeah yeah I was it's like, not maybe on it's you. me <laughs> you know i'm like looking in the mirror like it, you know what? Maybe, yeah. it is it is not on you that that cleveland game not it didn't have just one it had like two at the end right there that and i i sat right here and ripped ass the next day on that <laughs> because you know everybody tells me oh well you got to man up and understand that you can't let the officials show bull crap they can't cost you the game yeah. it absolutely can happen it is a part of the equation and in that cleveland game certainly at the end it did yep certainly within the margin of error that's it's just really unfortunate when that's the case you know Skyland Granson is in studio. So uh, off season going well for you? Oh, it's going great, going great. I'm staying in local. You know, I just got a house up here, so been hanging around. Well, we're we'll hanging out these days, Kylan Granson. Oh, we got to throw a party or something. No, no, Come on now. no. I sit in my lazy boy and I chill out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you uh, like being a homeowner? Yes. Yeah. No. Um, it's stressful. <laughs> I I wake up with like a sense of anxiety every day. Like. 
I'm forgetting something. And then I'll look at the air and I'm like, oh, I forgot to turn it down from last night or something. I better change that filter, man. Oh, yeah. You're on top of that? Yep, I just yeah. changed it. Yeah. Did you? I did. See, I'm Absolutely. telling you, that's a big deal. Now, you can go by this, go season-wise. Mm-hmm. Whenever the season changes, change then it. change that filter. Mm-hmm. Man, if you don't, that causes you all sorts of foobar right there. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming, does Michael Pittman Jr. have some, like, farm work for you guys to do out no, there, too? No, no. He's on his own with that. He's on his own. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get out there and put up any hay or anything like that? Uh, you know, you know, that's, I'll get there eventually. Uh, probably when I'm done playing football, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be lifting hay and taking care of all those farm animals right after my season's done, you know. I'm thinking, I'm, has you, have you ever been invited on a hunting trip? Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, a, like, I'm a country boy now. Well, give me a little background on that because so am I. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So, give me a background in your country. So my mom's side, yeah. got a lot of rednecks. Yes. You know, self, self, well, self-proclaimed. Self, Yes, you know. exactly. And then I lived in Texas for a while. So, I mean, yeah. talk about hunting, shooting. So I'm from southwestern yeah. Indiana. So, okay. yeah, yeah, that in Texas is kind of like the same same kind of thing Just right here. bigger. Yeah, and my mom still lives there on 40 acres, 38 of which she hasn't seen in 35 years. Very nice. So a bunch of woods, and uh, that's that's about it. Did you like growing up in the country? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Get well, some values. I say I grew up right. in the country. I didn't. I, I grew up in Dallas mostly, but I love living in the country when I got a chance to. <laughs> well, is, is it more, now, you, were you around livestock often too? Because that when I think about country and farming in Texas, I think immediately livestock. Yeah, like ranch and stuff. Like exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. We were in a country town. We were in Marble Falls, and it's like a real small town, and there's just like a lot of space everywhere. And like, yeah, there's livestock, but like, Unless, like, you go up to it, like, it's far away. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of fences, a lot of, a lot of open grass. It's blown up here because Texas is blowing up real estate-wise uh, since all those big companies moved there. So, it's kind of disappearing. It's so sad. He is uh, Kylan Granson, the uh, country guy in studio. So, if Michael Pittman Jr. called and said, hey, I need a little help putting up hay or detasseling corn or something, could you go over there and help him? I'd go over. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking maybe I told him this once. You need to get the guys over and just like do some like country Rocky style workouts, oh. like you know, hang from the loft and do yeah. sit ups and stuff like that. Hell yeah. yeah, I actually like that. Yeah, you like know, well, let's let's call that uh, voluntary off season. Yeah, barn workout. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll <laughs> manually you know plow the fields. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like uh, that. The new homeowner, Kylan Granson, is in <laughs> studio here. You've got um, you got a very very special project that's near and dear to you. I want you to talk a little bit about that while you're in studio too. Absolutely. Uh, starting this Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, up in Fishers, I believe it's the Kroger on 116th and Olio. I know exactly where that is. Yep. Yes, that's a great Kroger, Kylan. Great Kroger. Great Kroger. Great Kroger. So, starting 10 a.m. there, we're going to be kicking off our second annual KG's Kids Book Drive, sponsored by Kroger. Um, our goal is to raise over 10,000 books. Um, this is just the kickoff, so if you guys can't make it out you know, at 10 a.m. to Fishers, I'll be there most of the afternoon. Um, but if you guys can't make it out, the whole book drive is going to be going out for over a month. And we're gonna try to raise over ten thousand books. There'll be book drop bins in a lot of the greater Indianapolis Kroger stores. So if you see my smiling face, yes, and you got some books at home that are burning holes in your bookshelves that you want to get rid of, go ahead and donate them. We're looking for like younger kids' books to like middle school age. So 
I, I did see we got donated a 1948 physics book, and I was like, this is a piece of history. However, yes. I can't give this to Timmy in third grade. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to, you know, set some you know, parameters so you, everyone knows, you know. Plus, I don't know how accurate that information is anymore. It may have changed you over know, the decades. I was like, you know, maybe I, you know, I'll read it, you know, see it. And then I was like, oh, it might be wrong. And then I blow up my house or something, you know, <laughs> trying to make something. You know. <laughs> Are you, you a big reader? I do. I love to read. Man, I need to do that. I don't. It's great. You just gotta find your niche, man. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. I just I don't do it. I I am so bad from doing this. I'm a bullet point mm. reader. Yeah. I mean, if there's a paragraph, I'll pick a sentence or two out of it and read that. So that's not quality reading at all. What 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 gives you that joy? Fantasy books, man. That's always been my that's been my jam. Kind of like you know, my first real book that I got into is The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan kids book but i mean great book great series um but then as i got older i got into the more lord of the rings game of thrones stormlight archive uh, red rising all these different you know more mature fantasy books and they were just chef's kiss really now yeah 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 and then I, i i don't just do fantasy i'll do some mystery i'll do some crime um i'll do even like Horror. I, de- I even did the Twilight books. They were good. They were good. I'm sorry. Yeah, they were good. I, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't slam on the books. I um, I say this all the time, and this is not anything I should be proud of. But I don't know if I've read books since the two S.E. Hinton books, The Outsiders, mm-hmm. and that was then. This is now since like the 80s. Oh. I kind of wonder. I I just I need to find more time. And I don't. It's cool that you do, though, and you really do enjoy it. Because now we have all this technology. I think those that enjoy it to the level in which you do is few and far between. Yeah. I I always say if if you are just around your house and you're, like, looking for something. Like, you know when you're in your house and you're like, man, I want to do something, but I don't know what. And, like, you take out your phone and you start scrolling. Just rather than that, you know, go find a book whatever it is and just start reading it and if you don't like it after 30 minutes you can put it down put it away but then just keep doing that till you find something that's like oh you know what i want to keep reading this more than the 30 minutes that's awesome right there skyland granson in studio that's kroger on saturday saturday morning at 116 and olio Mm -hmm. up there which is a great kroger how'd you get involved with kroger with this uh really it was uh my parents uh they they hooked it up they are absolute fiends they're 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 great they're great workers uh they really help make this thing go um because we all started this kg's kids um i mean right after i uh got out of uh actually before i got out of uh smu uh because you know we saw what reading did for me um it opened a lot of doors um because for my academics and all that um actually <laughs> got me into Rice, it got me into Harvard, it got me into, you know, some nice schools. Those were all your school choices? Yeah. What yeah. was second to SMU? Oh, so actually, I actually didn't even get an offer from SMU. Uh, I was actually looking at the Ivy Leagues prior to that. Right. Um, I was looking between Harvard and Penn, and I was still interested in Rice, but they hadn't given a offer for a scholarship yet. And I was at my official visit at Harvard. We were in their locker room when I got the call from Rice offering me a full ride scholarship. And I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll take that." And it was it was really hard to say no. Um, Tim Murphy, I I believe he was the coach at the time. He might still be there. Great coach, great guy. Um, he actually flew down whenever I 
told him uh, that I was going to be committing to Rice, and he was like, he tried to talk me out of it, and I was like, Coach, I'm so sorry. It's nothing against you. I mean, this is a full ride scholarship to D1 University. Da, 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 da. Uh, they made it really hard on me. They yeah, you're right. <laughs> it tough. Um, but yeah, so Rice was my first choice just because uh, it was a great school and it was close to home in Texas. And then SMU was up there, but I wasn't good enough, sadly. Were you uh, were you thinking uh, academics well above athletics back then too? Absolutely, absolutely. That was something that my mom had hammered into my skull like. Yeah. for years now and then it was just echoed by my dad so yeah yeah school 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 and then you can have fun playing football did so. you uh did you know the uh the background the history of smu before you went there too like that like the history of of the program i knew yeah that has obviously been glorified on a 30 for 30 and right. you know everybody my age kind of knows all about well that, so. it's actually actually it's kind of providence when i was playing uh like double a baseball back in I want to say middle school. Our team name was the Pony Express. Really now? Yeah, we were the Pony yes. Express. Yep, Craig James and Eric Dickerson back yep. then. The we Pony were Express. And blue and, yep. And I was like, you know, that's kind of weird and how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it um it that that is as an amazing of a story college football wise that you will ever ever find, I think. Yeah. One of the better 30 for 30, certainly, if you've yeah. enjoyed that. Colin Granson's in studio. You probably got to run. I realize that here. But, uh, man, we got to make this uh, more frequent because you're a hell of a conversation, man. Oh, yeah. Got to do sure. that a lot more. What do you do besides read, besides get books, collect books for the kids, and uh, I change your furnace filter? What else? Like, beyond those three things, beyond what else are we doing? Things. I like to game. I like to game. Oh, like you're a gamer, game. huh? Yeah, I like oh, man. Games. Yeah. I, I I really only play it whenever my friends are on because uh, it's always more fun when you do it yeah with your friends and stuff. Um, I'm getting to the age where I can't stay on, you know, like from sunrise to sunset. <laughs> I got to take breaks. I'm like, all right, I'm an adult. I got to do things. <laughs> you know. You watch a lot of basketball? No, no, man. I, I think it's because I am not a good basketball player myself. I know. I can't imagine you not. I'm not being I can't a dribble. good basketball I can't player. Dribble. That's what's wrong. What's your jumper look like? It's ugly. I got to see that. <laughs> it's ugly. <laughs> to see that. You know, we got a basketball gym in the basement here. Do we? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Part of the problem is, though, sometimes if you got a high-arcing jumper, it, uh, it'll it scuff the ceiling. My my jumper is flat. Oh, you'd be great in there, then. Flat and hits the back. <laughs> just ding. Doesn't even hit the rim. <laughs> oh, it's Kyler Granson, Colts tight end. He's in here. And again, on Saturday at Kroger. That's 116 and Oleo. One more time, what you're looking for with the, I want, can I call it a book drive? Is that yes, okay? Sir. Yes. Sir. What are you book. looking for with this book drive? Um, looking for young, like books aimed for younger children, anywhere from K to about sixth, seventh grade books reading level. Slightly used to new. Uh, nothing like we're like half the books missing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really all we're looking for. And again, if you don't see us on Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, at the kickoff, uh, I will be popping around. So, uh, so a lot of the Krogers in the greater Indianapolis area. So, oh, really? Kind of like a Where's Waldo event. I might pop over here for a little bit. You now, know? will you let people know where you're going? How are you, like, social I mean, media wise? Let people know. I might. I might. Yeah. I might post clues. Maybe I'll do like a scavenger hunt for me. That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Because I'm a big Kroger guy. Yeah, I mean, right? I'm dedicated to Kroger. How far would you be willing to drive? 
Well, do you go to any Southside Kroger's? Uh, yeah, I could do. I'm, that. I'm uh, I went there a few I'm times. I'm little Bargersville, Center Grove area is yeah. where I am down there too. Yeah. So maybe we could work something like that out. Yeah. Maybe you could send me some social media clues, and I could pass them out as well, okay. and we'll see what we can do with that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, it'll be around the whole greater Indianapolis area. You'll see my smiling face, and there'll be a book drop right there. Go ahead, throw your books in there, and. Yeah, we appreciate uh, everybody for coming out and supporting That's us. Fantastic. I already know they're going to kill it. Yes, you know so, that. Yeah. You you like living around here too. You I like do. the people. I do. I don't like the fall spring we're in right now because they teased us last week that they did. one day where it was like seventy and it was perfect. Right. It's nice and sunny. I was like, oh my god, spring is here. Yes, we made it. And then, boom, this week happened. What, well, what happened? Well, because, you know, when you have the weather like that, we'll have it again this weekend. It's going to be on Saturday when you're going to do that on Saturday at Kroger. It'll be like 65 mm. and then 70 on Sunday. But that moment, whenever a storm front comes in, then you're going to have really bad storms, and then it's going to go right down on the crapper for the next couple of days and come back up. That's just kind of the pi- the price you pay around here this time of year. How was that storm for you? I mean, it's kind of Yeah, like- well, I, my, I got to get a new roof. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> They went. They got up. Uh, my friends at Reese got up on my roof and like circled a bunch of uh, pockmarks, I guess, or where the hail had done damage to it. So, yeah, I've got to do get a new roof. Okay, well, I have to do that too. I gotta get mine replaced. I had to try to save the hot tub too. I was like, the wind came out. It was like lifting my hot tub cover up, and I got spread eagle on it, <laughs> and then it lifted me up as well. And I go, this is like the worst idea ever, right here. Let's not do that any longer. But we get we get some hellaciously bad. I don't know if I'm just along that line. You know, I'm kind of down, you know, Johnson County, Morgan County, south of Marion County a little bit. But uh, we get some really tough weather down there in terms of storms. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I've got some big trees in my backyard. So yeah. Anytime it's real windy like that, I'm like, mm, yeah, you better, you better stay standing. You gotta go out there. Yeah, exactly. I'd go out there get some limbs afterwards, probably a little yeah. bit. So, oh. hey, yeah. the, the limb guy right yeah. there. I always gotta like kind of look up yes. as I'm walking out to make sure there's nothing you know that's hanging by a thread that's gonna <laughs> whap me on the head you know hey man it's great talking to you too yeah. best of luck with the book drive and you know if you want to send something to me I do a little music show on Saturday night so I can tell people I'm doing the music all request show where you're uh, where you're gonna be and stuff so you just let me know okay absolutely it's like Kyler Granson Colts tight end in studio with us make sure you check him out at the Fisher's Kroger location and other Kroger's locations too for his book drive what an awesome conversation we had with Kylan Granson. Thank you, man, in studio. Big show coming up tomorrow. We start at 3 with plenty to get to. Combine, Pacers, and college basketball-wise. Nathaniel, thank you very much. I'll be back in studio tomorrow at 3. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.